Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. As you guys know, this podcast is based on um, the story of the the um, Roman centurion who, uh, and, and this story can be found, as you know, in Matthew 8, 8, and Luke 7, 7, for those of you who may be tuning in here for the first time. And it's really a remarkable story. You know, we, 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 we understand uh, when we come to faith in Christ that uh, he, he is looking for faith. He wants us to put our faith in Christ. And then when we do, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. He puts his faith in us by giving us his Holy Spirit at salvation. So it's really remarkable to think about. And when we look at the scriptures we see in Hebrews eleven six, it's one of my favorite scriptures, and I know it's one of the most quoted scriptures um, in Christianity. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because for anyone who comes to God must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so it's impossible to please God unless we have faith. We have to have faith that when we come to him, um, he will respond, he will reward us. And what he really rewards us with is his presence. That's the most remarkable thing. Um, Luke eleven thirteen is one of my favorite scriptures where Jesus is talking about how if you as a parent love to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in heaven want to give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? And it's amazing that the greatest gift that we can actually receive from God, we find, is his presence. And his presence brings us everything we need. When we have God living in us through the Holy Spirit, we really don't have to chase after things. We find that things actually chase after us. We no longer have to chase after money. Money will run us down if we're running with God. I've seen this in my life and uh, God has to constantly remind me of that. I go go chasing after things when I should just go chasing after Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I find that when I do that, the things of this world will run me down. He'll provide for me. Where God guides, he provides. It's that simple. So I wanted to just share, you know, the the story of the centurion, the thing that I love about it, Matthew 8, 8. You know, the centurion we know has a servant that's at, that's at home and he's just sick. He's really on his deathbed more or less and he's grievously tormented with palsy. And uh, the uh, centurion comes to Jesus and he tells him about his servant and Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. And he says, you don't have to, Lord. You don't have to come to my house. I'm not even worthy that you would come under my roof. But if you just speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. And then he goes on to say, for I am a man under authority. I say to one soldier, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. I say to another, do, and he does. Those three words, go and come and do, are really what captured Jesus' attention because after he finishes saying that, that I say to one man, go, I say to another man, come, and he comes. I say to another man, do, and he does. And Jesus, when he heard this, the Bible said, marveled at this man's faith. And he went on to say, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. 
So I'm just like really captivated by this passage because, you know, we I want to have the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. Great is your faith, he told people when they got healed. You know, he said, woman, great is your faith to the woman who um, reached through the crowd for the hem of his garment and was healed. And he commended so many people for their faith. He just loved to see faith in people. And the people that, that um, have the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel today are people that just simply look to the Lord. <laughs> and they see him as the object of their faith. And when they do that, they're rewarded by his presence, by um, actually feeling, perceiving, and seeing God's presence through the Holy Spirit manifest in their lives through healing, through provision, um, through various ways. And sometimes it's just this internal knowing God is with me and he loves me. There's nothing greater than that than know you're loved by God, that he gave his life for you so now we can give our lives for him to lead others to him where they can find provision and they can find faith and they can find an eternal relationship in Jesus Christ, in a spiritual union with him. It's really remarkable. I'm seeing the Bible like lately like I've never seen it before. And all these scriptures are like brand new to me. I was looking um, this morning in, in, uh, in Luke 10, 37 and 38. And in, in that area, that's just kind of a marker. But you can find the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus... Um, is talking to a religious leader and a religious leader asks him, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind and strength. And the, and the second commandment is just as important to love your neighbor as yourself. So basically he tells him the summation, the most important commandment is to love God and then to love others and to love yourself, to know that you're worthy of God's love. So this man trying to justify himself says, well, who really is my neighbor? Like, how can I know who my neighbor is? So Jesus goes on to tell him the story about the good Samaritan. And, and you know, the Samaritans were like the scum of the earth to the Jewish people. They hated the Samaritans and the Samaritans hated the Jews. So of course, Jesus always puts up the worst scoundrel as a hero in the story, which gives us such hope because we're scoundrels at times. And um, anyway, he goes to tell the story about a man, a, a Jewish man who's a traveler and he's going down to Jerusalem and he gets beat up. He gets ransacked by a mob, you know, a gang basically of, of uh, evil men. And they beat him up and they strip him of his clothes and it says they leave him half dead. So he's naked, half dead, bleeding, left on the ground. And there's a Levite that goes walking by him and he sees him and, you know, a, or I'm sorry, the first man is a priest. And the priest is basically what I call church busy. He's on his way to church. He's gonna probably go turn the lights on at the church, right? He's strolling along and he sees this man and he passes by on the other side of the street because he, he didn't have time to help somebody. He's, he's church busy. He's gonna go turn the lights on in the church and you know get the potluck dinner going and all that. So no time for, for actually helping somebody who's dying. And then the second man is a Levite and he does the same thing. He sees this man and another quote unquote man of God just steps over the body more or less and just leaves the guy laying there bleeding, dying. And then the scum of the earth Samaritan comes along, helps the man, he picks him up. 
He bandages his wounds. He pours oil in his wounds and wine. And he just pours out his wealth on him and actually takes him to an inn where he can get more care and get rest. And he gives the innkeeper two pieces of silver and just says, take care of this guy while I'm gone. He's off to do his, his you know, back on his journey that he was on when this man interrupted him with his need. And he gives the guy two pieces of silver and says, here, this will cover, you know, cover his expenses. And when I get back, if there's, if there's any additional expenses that you've incurred, I'll pay you. So he takes on the debt of helping this person. And it's really a wonderful story. And Jesus asked the religious leader when he's telling him the story, this parable, he says, which man do you think was really more like God? And he said, the one who showed mercy on him, meaning the Samaritan. So the guy answered correctly. And then Jesus says, now go and do likewise. He tells him, you, you, you understand who the hero is in the story? Now think of these words again. Go and do likewise. Go and do. There are those words again. The centurion spoke. You know, I say to one man, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. I say to another, do, and he does. And here are those words again in the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus says, go and do likewise. In other words, go and help somebody that's down and out. And certainly we have no shortage of that today. There's no shortage of people that we can help. We don't even have to go out very few steps outside of our front door and find people today that are in desperate need. So there's, there's no lack of people with need. There's just a lack of people that obey the Lord's command to go and do. And the other part is to come. And it's funny to me, right after this story ends in Luke 10, 37, that immediately in 10, 38, we're told, we're told the story of Mary and Martha. And Martha invites Jesus to come to her house and she's busy preparing. She's Again, she's church busy like the Levite and like the priest. And she's preparing a meal. And it says that Mary had come to Jesus and was at his feet and was listening to his word and was getting filled up on God's word. And she, Martha got pissed off because she was preparing the meal and was church busy and, you know, more or less uh, rebuked Mary and just said, Lord, tell Mary to help me. Like, you know, here I am, I'm preparing the meal. I'm doing all this church busy stuff. And there she is just sitting at your feet, soaking up your word. And Jesus says, don't try to take this from her. What she's doing, coming to me and filling up on my word is more important than what you're doing, preparing a meal. And it reminds me too of the story of, in the, in the um, story of, of the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, the, the first person that Jesus really encounters when he goes out on, after he's baptized in the Holy Spirit and he goes to cut through Samaria. He meets this woman at the well and the the disciples had gone into town to get something to eat and he ministers to this woman at the well and 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 basically um she gets she gets saved you know she she sees that jesus is the messiah and the important part of the story though is that is that when the disciples return um they they ask jesus you know if he's had any, uh, or he says, he, he basically says something like, you know, that that my meat or my food is to do the will of my father. And they're like, did he eat already? How did he eat? And they're asking him, when did you eat? We went to get food. We come back and you say you've eaten. And he says to them, my, my food is to do the will of my father. 
And basically, he God gets filled up by giving, by pouring out. That's how he gets filled up. It's the opposite of this world's way. We we want to try to fill up on everything this world has to offer. And we we think we get full by taking in. God gets full by giving out. That's amazing to me um, to, to see it in the light of this story. So again, Mary just, uh, I'm kind of going all over the map a little bit, but when we go back to the story of Mary and Martha, which is right after the story of the Good Samaritan, we see Mary who has come to Jesus. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. He says, take my spirit upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you can find rest for your souls. He says, because my spirit is easy and my burden is light. So again, we see these three simple commands of to go and to do and to come, what the Lord says. And it's really just so simple just to, I'm starting to see this, that just to obey the Lord's commands, just to go out, go and make disciples of all nations, to come to the Lord when we're weary so we can get filled up by the Lord so that we can go and pour out on other people what he pours in us by his spirit. It really has nothing to do with us and everything to do with the Lord. We're strengthened by his spirit that's in us So when we come to him, he kind of recharges our battery, fills us up with his presence, makes us aware that he's living in us. And in and of ourselves, we can do nothing, but through our spiritual union with Christ, we can do all things. And we can just, if we just go and obey these commands to do the will of God, and that is to help people and to come when we're tired to recharge and refill. If we keep these three commands, we're really just keeping the whole the whole counsel or the whole command of God, the whole Bible, basically we're obeying the word because Jesus is the word and we're, when we obey his spirit, we're obeying the word. So I'm gonna close with Luke 6.47. It's like a brand new scripture to me that I never saw before. Jesus says this, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and then doeth them, he does them. I mean, get off the King James English there. Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings or hears my word and then does them, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man who built a house and he digged really deep and he laid a foundation down in the ground on a rock. And when the flood arose and the streams and the water beat vehemently against the house, it could not shake this man's house for it was founded upon a rock. We've, you know... This is amazing. When we, when we build our house upon the rock of God's word and his spirit, and we listen for his word and his spirit, we truly are one, and just do the simple things he asks us to do to go help somebody, um, we fulfill his word. So I want to just encourage you today, brothers and sisters, to just ground yourself in God's word, obey his simple command to go today, go out there, Help somebody who's down and out. Do just as Jesus does all the time or longs to do. Do what the Samaritan, the scum of the earth Samaritan did and help somebody today. Go and do what Jesus would wants to do through you. And then when you get tired, come back to him and say, Lord, I'm returning to you. I've done everything you've asked and now I just want to rest in you and recharge so I can go out again and minister with the power of your presence. 
Thank you for listening today. I hope you have a very blessed day. The Lord is with you.